Hello and welcome to this podcast from the English edition of Le Monde Diplomatique. My name is George Miller, and each month I bring you an in-depth interview with one of the contributors to the latest issue. This month, my guest is Geneva-based journalist and political analyst Vikan Chetarian. In an article entitled The Hollow at the Heart of Central Asia, Vikan looks at events in Kyrgyzstan, which this year has seen the ousting of President Bakiyev by popular opposition movements and bloody anti-Uzbek ethnic conflict in the south of the country. For a country identified previously as reformist and pro-Western, this marks a dangerous lurch towards chaos, whose significance, Vikan Chaterian warns, the West ignores at its peril. When he spoke to me on the phone from Switzerland, he began by explaining Kyrgyzstan's peculiar geography. Kyrgyzstan is, is a very peculiar uh, country, and it resembles Tajikistan to a certain degree. Kyrgyzstan basically is two countries, I mean, geographically. The capital, Bishkek, is in the north, mm. it's in the Chui Valley, and it looks towards Kazakhstan. And then there are these enormous mountains, and then you come to the south, to Osh, to Jalalabad, which is part of the Fergana Valley, which is open towards Uzbekistan. So the north is very much influenced by the Kazakh and uh, Russified culture. Bishkek was set up as Russian military base in the 19th century, like many uh, Kazakh cities. And in, in the south, in Fergana Valley, the culture is very, very Uzbek. And in spite of this, this sort of duality, the, the region has not been marked by, by significant troubles since the breakup of the Soviet Union. It's, it, it has sort of held together reasonably peacefully, hasn't it? Yes, this is very important to stress, not just to go back to the events 20 years back in 1990, hmm. where similar ethnic clashes took place in Osh and neighboring Uzgen in June 1990. But also it's important to understand that for 20 years this, the, the, the region was, was relatively calm, although there were many people who were very, very much worried about the region and its uh, stability, especially about Fergana Valley. But what then was the spark which ignited these, these recent um, conflicts and, 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 in, and instability? Is it possible to, to say where it originated? I mean, my feeling is that the, the struggle started in the north between different Kyrgyz powerful clans who were very, very angry with the, the, the Bakiyevs and they overthrew him. And then Bakiyev tried to go to his um, region of origin uh, near Jalalabad and try to mobilize people there. And people supporting Bakiyev tried to take over the administrative buildings in Jalalabad. And they were opposed by mainly Uzbeks. And as a result, the, the conflict, which was power struggle over uh, the central authority in Bishkek, it was translated into power struggle between ethnic Kyrgyz and ethnic Uzbeks in the south. And it led to Bakiyev being ousted from power. So who is in charge now and where do their loyalties and instincts lie? Now it's very, very confused, the, the region. It's not, not very clear. My feeling is that there's no central authority in the country. You know, there, there, there are parliamentary elections coming up in, in October hmm. and maybe up to then we will see some, some surprises. I mean, there were some recent declarations by... President Otunbayeva saying that maybe we will postpone the, the elections because mm. the situation is very, very unclear. But one thing is emerging is, is the north-south divide. 
the authorities in Bishkek seem to have very, very limited influence over the South. For example, during the ethnic clashes uh, in Osh, they couldn't do anything. And second, now President Otumbaeva wants to have OSC police force as observers coming to the South. And Southern uh, politicians, more specifically the Osh mayor, Mirzakhmatov is very much against it and openly against it. So there's, there's a power struggle being articulated, uh, taking form around this. Is this north-south divide essentially ethnic in origin, or is it, is it more complicated than that? No, uh, in, in origin it's geographic, uh, because between the north and the south, they are, as I described, there are uh, huge mountains. Mm. You should cross two mountain passes which are superior to 3,000 meters. So mm. <laughs> during half the year, these, these passes are, are uh, mostly closed. And the only communication means left are airplanes, and they are not so many, and they're expensive for people. So basically, these are, I mean, Kyrgyzstan is, is isolated between north and south during most of the year. And then you have uh, very uh, local identities, regional identities, and in the south you have also the ethnic uh, specificity because most Kyrgyz Uzbeks are in the south, are in Osh and Jalalabad regions. The interim government made an appeal to the Russians for military assistance and the Russians uh, turned them down. What do you think is going through the, the, the Russians' minds looking at what's going on in Kyrgyzstan? I mean, the Russians want to have influence over Kyrgyzstan, but they don't want to invest too much in a very risky business. By sending their, their forces, they know that everyone will, will turn against them. So in case, in case a foreign force comes to the region, it will kind of become the target for, for local forces. And the Russians know that the interim government or whoever is in the government today in Bishkek is a very temporary job. So you can mm. come with the legitimacy of saying that the, the Bishkek authorities invited me, but then in, in, a, in a short while find yourself that there are other people coming to power in Bishkek mm. and they might be against you. So uh, intervening in Kyrgyzstan militarily is a very, very risky position and the Russians don't need to do that, to do that kind of investment. Now, the other, the other country which clearly has a stake in, in what goes on in Kyrgyzstan is Uzbekistan and there was a large displacement of of people um, over the border into Uzbekistan, which you talk about in the article. But again, thus far, the Uzbeks have, have not become directly involved. What, what, what is going through their minds? The Uzbek authorities, Islam Karimov, the Uzbek president, chose a state-centered ideology. So his state is based on the strength of Uzbekistan. And he does not propose any kind of responsibility for Uzbeks, ethnic Uzbeks, living outside his borders. Mm. This is one thing. So ideologically, the state of Uzbekistan does not assume responsibility to, 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 um, to what's happening in Kyrgyzstan. Second, Tashkent has been very suspicious towards ethnic Uzbeks living in the Fergana Valley, and even more so ethnic Uzbeks living in Fergana Valley outside Uzbekistan and accused them of harboring uh, Islamist groups from Hazrat Tahrir to uh, Islamic movement of Uzbekistan, which is a group affiliated with uh, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Mm. So the current authorities in Tashkent, they are much more suspicious of ethnic Uzbeks in Kyrgyzstan than you know, assuming 
the defense of ethnic Uzbekistan. So it's it's much more complicated than than simply straightforward ethnic affinities. There 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 are more layers and levels to it than that. No, no. I mean, there there are stories which are which are shocking. Like even wounded people who were transported from Osh to hospitals in Andijan, they were under police control. So police hmm. came to make sure that they are there, who they are, that they don't go to their relatives, that refugees who, who move to Uzbekistan, they, they stay in camps, they don't go to, to, uh, to their relatives, and go back as soon as possible. So they, they were totally under police control, and, uh, and it showed that how the authorities in Uzbekistan were afraid that uh, this wave of uh, mass movement could destabilize uh, the eastern edge of, uh, of Uzbekistan. Can you say uh, towards the end of your article that this is more than just an ethnic quarrel in a faraway place and you, you suggest countries beyond the region really should be paying attention to what's going on? Why, why do you feel that? I mean, for two reasons. One is that the international community, Western countries, including my own uh, state, Switzerland, mm. has invested enormously in Kyrgyzstan with the hope that Kyrgyzstan will be pro-Western, market-oriented democracy. And the, the events of, the, of this year show that this was a total failure. Not only there's no economic development, not only there's no democracy, but also elements of the Kyrgyz police and army take part in ethnic pogroms. So this, mm. this is shocking. So uh, we should revise what we have done in the last 20 years. I say, I say we because me, myself, I was very much active in training journalists in these regions. Uh, mm. The second is that I'm very much worried that the events in South Kyrgyzstan could provoke and trigger the rise of ethnic Uzbek nationalism. And Uzbeks are half the population of the entire Central Asia. And they are present in, in most countries, not just in Kyrgyzstan as an ethnic minority, but also in Tajikistan, in Afghanistan, in Turkmenistan, and in, in Kazakhstan. They are also closely related with the Uyghurs in Western China. Yeah. So in case we have this emergence and, and rising Uzbek nationalism, which can take different forms ideologically, it can take the form of Islamism, it can take the form of nationalism, I'm, I'm very much uh, worried for the stability and security of the whole Central Asia. And accepting that the, the West's attitude shouldn't be one of complacency, what, what do you think that the attitude towards it should be? Because you, you talk about the, the, the large amount of aid which has been promised to, to Kyrgyzstan. What, what sort of, do you think, conditions should and could be applied to, to that aid? I mean, first, um, the West should push for an international inquiry about the events in, in Osh and Jalalabad in, in June. There might also be some, some uh, inquiry uh, for the April 7 uh, violence that took place in, in, in Bishkek, and uh, 85 or 87 people were killed and, and 1,000 wounded. Second, they should try to reform Kyrgyz police and, and armed forces and, and fire and, and judge those who are responsible of the pogroms. They should look at what, what, what is happening in southern Kyrgyzstan today, because uh, Osh politicians seem to, to want to uh, destroy some, eth- um, some neighborhoods inhabited by ethnic Uzbeks and, and have uh, plans for real estate development there. Lastly, they should try symbolically to bring justice to what happened uh, to the victims, uh, which are mostly ethnic Uzbeks in the south. Otherwise, I'm afraid that this will be a subject of mobilization for more radical forces in the coming decade. Vikan Chetarian.
You can read his article, The Hollow at the Heart of Central Asia, in the September issue of Le Monde Diplomatique. That's available in print and online at mondediplo.com. Subscribers can also access a complete archive of the paper there, as well as additional features such as blogs, maps, images, and of course podcasts. Do join me again next month for another in-depth interview with one of our contributors, and until then, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.